Hello, Happy New Year to everyone. Welcome to the Child Whisper podcast. I'm your host, Carol Tuttle. I'm the author of The Child Whisper. It is a best-selling book. It was an exciting day when it launched um, a while back that we hit the number one spot on for best-selling parenting book in about three hours, and we went to number six. Um, our goal was to go to number one, but due to how fast the book was selling, Amazon actually pulled it off their sales, um, making it available. And I trust that book can still hit the number one spot on Amazon because it's so incredibly helpful and powerful in a parent's life. And if you want to raise happy, successful, and cooperative children, I'm here to help you with that today. So thanks for joining me. The phone lines are open if you'd like to talk with me personally, one-on-one. -on -one. I'd love to help you today. The number to call in is 347-677-1963. It's a new year, a fresh opportunity to really believe in great possibilities for yourself and your family and your children. And just really feel that, believe that as you believe that you will be given the guidance, direction, and support as you are open to things being better and more supportive for everyone. And it doesn't always look like what you think it should look like. In fact, a lot of times, it most times, it will not. <laughs> so I love parenting for that reason. It really helps us open our hearts and grow and develop personally. Today's topic is dealing with your child's anger and yours too. This is a common uh, challenge in your parenting experience. Stress and anger from a child or your own anger that can come forward when you're stressed or out of balance and frustrated. So we're going to start today with a success story. And I love the success stories. I appreciate everyone that sends these in. Thank you for submitting them. You can submit them at parenting at liveyourtruth.com. And this reader, this listener says, from reading your blog and watching your videos, I finally understand that I have a type three, three-year-old and a type one, one-year-old. I am a type three mom. My type two husband and I are learning to relate better to our type three son. The last couple of years have been super hard. Now, instead of disciplining through shouting or spanking, we are learning to listen and talk. I guess I've always known in my gut that he just needs more outlets, but as an older mom with a busy and overworked husband, along with a new baby, I had no outlets myself. Now I know why we clash, and I see this new knowledge as the best Christmas present ever. Thank you. Well, thank you for sending that in. And type three energy in my energy profiling model is a very substantial active reactive energy. It needs outlets just as this mom is discovering. When the physical outlets are not in place for that energy to allow it to be expressed in a healthy way, that energy becomes stagnant. It builds up and then it kind of, it bumps into each other. Your, your word clashing is perfect. It is like the energy is fighting. Your energy is fighting each other because it's in 
it's too pent up. It's pent up energy that's looking for an outlet. And that outlet will be created in, in what I would ca call drama, emotional drama. If the outlet isn't allowed in a healthy way, will create emotional disruption, emotion, emotional disturbance, a disturbance. So we have an ability for that energy to get expressed. And this is all done very subconsciously. And a three-year-old does not have any level of awareness to be able to make it to create those outlets. So it's really, they're dependent on a parent creating the outlets for them as they develop into more independent states of development in their childhood. And they're able to choose their own outlets and they're supported in that, then they're proactive in that if a parent supports them. But when a child is particularly six and under, those outlets are all parent dependent. And then from about six to 10, there's a mixture there because as a child enters um, more of a social system, whatever school system that they're engaged in, whatever social outlet they have, there's a little more freedom then. And hopefully the parents and those that are involved in the education process are enlightened to support that outlet. And so this mom is getting the benefits of, it's just a, a new understanding that new understanding of, oh, this is the natural movement of my child and this is my natural movement. With it, man, they were mismanaging it and in the mismanagement, it caused stress, clashing, disruption, frustration, tiredness, anger. That anger's gone now. You know, it's, it's being eliminated because new choices are being made. With new the the new insight, the new awareness allows different choices that create different outcomes. It's all cause and effect. What we choose creates the choice is the cause. The effect is the what comes from that choice. So let's get into today's topic about um, dealing with your child's anger, and we'll start with a question that was submitted. And again, I have, um, the lines are open. Let me take this first email question, then I'll get to the phone lines. This mom writes, I'm a type two mom with a five-year-old type three boy. He is extremely active, reactive, true to his nature. What's the best way to respond when he doesn't get his way and explodes into fits of crying, wailing, and anger? I want to honor his nature, but I also don't want him to be so controlled by his emotions that it seems like the world is ending when he doesn't get his way or he doesn't like a role that we've set. Um, another a couple of things that are going on here, I'd say whatever to whatever degree he's been able to manipulate, use emotion to manipulate and been supported in that, then he's learned it can work. See, he's learned what gets my mother to um, bend my way to go my direction. How big does it have to go? What do I have to do? And so that's, again, a child learns by what, how they're responded to in that moment. The other thing I want you to look at is consider the possibility. I'd like you to look at the mo those times that he's more vulnerable to that, that there's some states of being that he's more vulnerable to being overreactive. Two cases that I want you to look at are, is he 
properly nourished and is he properly rested? Talking to both of my daughters who each have a type three child, my um, youngest daughter, Anne, has a type three, two and a half year old. She's very clear now that if Katie is not properly rested and if she's, so she's overly tired, her nutrition is off or she's hungry, she is more prone to those upsets. She is more unreasonable. She has less patience and she is very difficult to deal with. My oldest daughter, Jenny, her type three is a five-year-old as well, a little boy. She's noticed if he doesn't get enough outdoor time, enough free to roam, free to play, free to engage in the world as he needs to, if he's not properly rested or properly nourished, he's more prone to those explosive responses. He reacts with more intensity. And so it's really important in those first, I'd say, six years of life with a type three child to really be very aware of the management of their physical experience, their rest, their nutrition. Do your kids eat a lot of sugar? It makes a huge difference. Are they eating processed foods? It's, you know, are they, are they, do you have a whole foods diet or real foods diet? It's really important to get our kids on a healthy eating regimen. It's not, it's easy to do. There's plenty of bloggers out there that lead the way that support that. Um, I, I give the most frequent go to. I hope someday we can connect. If any of you know uh, the 100 Days of Real Food blogger, uh, I know we've had some interaction with her from my company to hers, but I'm a real um, supporter of what she's doing with children. And I'd love to introduce her audience to the child whisper style of parenting. So note, note those things. Notice when it's more, you know, rather than my child's just trying to get his way, look at in those moments of being, is my child tired? Have they had enough water? Have they been too pent up today? So now they're more prone to reacting with this intensity. Okay. So create a supportive, allow your child to respond with a little more evenness, balance. And they still may push back at you. They may push back, but it doesn't have to look so intense and explosive. Okay. So uh, let me go to the phone lines. Hi, you're live on the air. It's Elizabeth. Hi. Yeah. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. Thank you. So. You have a son you want some help with. Tell me about your situation. Yeah, so I'm fairly positive that he's a type one. Um, he's very, he's got that buoyant movement. He walks on his toe, he's like on his tiptoes, and he's uh -huh. everywhere. And okay. He's, he's always cracking jokes, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. And he has a really kind, like, Honestly, what the email you were just talking about, he has a really reactive temper. And so, like, if we have any kind of a conflict, it's either hysterical crying or huge meltdown, 
kicking things. The other day he had a fit and he kicked the wall and there. Like, what what are the, the scenarios wall. that he's getting? Like, what's the situation that's it's, that you're either disciplining or? Yeah, like, it's usually like if he's being disciplined. Like, I think what caused what's he being disciplined day, for though? What what's this? Well, like. The other day, he picked a fight with his younger brother and punched him. And so I was I was at my own end at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I sent him to his room to kind of cool off. But he doesn't like to accept the punishment. So when he gets the punishment, it, it almost makes it escalate even further. And that's when he started kicking the wall because he was mad because he had to go to his bedroom. How do you have, like, how, what's your mode of operation? Like, okay, you're, he's beating up his brother. How old's the little brother? Four. Okay. So you got a seven-year-old with a four-year-old. And so uh -huh. are they being left to, like, what's the little bit of phase? Are they playing together nicely? Like, give me a little more of the story of how they're. Yeah. Well, like, usually, usually they play together well. You know, they, whatever. We were kind of cooped up over Christmas vacation with okay. um, the flu. So, you know, but they usually play together well, but usually it's like all of a sudden there will be a conflict about whichever toy and my my four-year-old's in type two, and he usually just kind of goes along with things. Okay. But my, my seven-year-old kind of takes the lead most of the time, you know, okay. with what they're playing. If there's any kind of disagreement and how he wants you know the role play yeah. to go then he flips out and usually is aggressive and you know will okay. punch or kick or whatever to like so in that out. moment when you start when you intervene okay you you're a type four mom i, yeah. I have that in my <laughs> notes so you're a type four mom when that when you see it's time that you've got to like step in now what do you say and what's your tone of voice how does, what does that sound like I'm and look like? It's usually pretty stern, you know, it's usually what happened, you know, I try to, I try to ask questions first, but sometimes I react, you know. Um, are you, are you more, are you direct? Are you real? Yeah, I'm pretty direct, you know, it's usually like what, what was going on, explain the situation, um, you know, why did you hate your brother? Okay, I want you to notice. See, you're approaching it very in your, which is fair because you are yeah. your no, nature. Your nature is to now reason. Okay. Yeah. You're now trying to um, help this child learn a different choice by reasoning with him, getting right. more serious, and he's like checking out. Okay. Right. Right. He's not going there with you. He can't right. handle the lecture. Right. So let me, let me give you a different option. Okay. Rather than step in with your more stern position and, you know, directive then and, and trying to help him understand through a more reasonable approach, mm -hmm. what if you were to um, call him into, uh, what's his name? Oliver. Oliver? Uh-huh. Okay, what if you were to go into the space and go, Oliver, come here. Okay, this is a child that can disconnect readily. Right. You just say, Oliver, come here. Come on, hurry. Okay, get uh -huh. him. Now, he'll disengage, right? 
he will. Right. Because you've got, you're kind of like, look at the butterfly. There it is. Okay, come here. <laughs> this yeah. is how they work. They disconnect right. that quickly. And you say, Oliver, come here. Okay, Oliver. What's, and now, now talk to him and ask questions. Why okay. are you treating your brother like that? Okay. What's going on right? You know, what do you need? See, let, learn some things. Right. Yeah. Right. You're shutting him down right now. See, the way you're doing it shuts him down and sends him away. So I that's know. just. And my husband is a wounding him. too. We both do it. <laughs> yeah. But you see what I'm doing is you're teaching, you're, you're, creating a pattern here now that that he's just mad that you're shutting him down and sending him away that's what he's mad at right. it's like right. you're not even asking me what's going on here you know you're not even yeah. you know just think of your husband stepping into the room and saying to you that's it stop doing what you're doing go to your room <laughs> and you never right. get asked why you're upset right you, your husband shows absolutely no interest in why are you acting this way? What's going on? You'd probably be really mad about that and say, oh, well, you know, but he's only seven. So he's not going to say, mom, come on, give me a chance here yeah, or work with me. Work with me, mom. Work with me. Angry. Yeah. Then you're going to go. The discipline ramps up. Right. Well, that's why I called. I just haven't been able to think of another solution. It's hard for me to think outside of that, you know. I know. But think of what yeah. you're doing with, you're trying to reason through an intellectual process with a seven-year-old type one boy who's right. kind of getting, you know, <laughs> deer in, glassy-eyed looking at you like you lost me on, you know, the first sentence. Right. I, I can't even, I, it's not even computing. Right. And then see, no, real quick, you want to keep it light and just say, what, what's going on? Why are you treating your brother that way? What can you choose to have more fun with your brother? What could you create with your brother? What could you, uh, what would be more fun right now? Would it be more fun for you not to blame, you know? Yeah. Get him thinking creatively. See, I think children, I really trust the children when supported properly, have goodwill. Right. You know, no, when they're feeling sweet, emotionally balanced. Sweet boy, you know, it's just that Yeah. he's always kind of had meltdowns. It's probably because both of his parents are type four. Yeah, no, I you guarantee know. you. Yeah. I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate you're willing to see that. He's he's you're seven years into him having two type four parents. Yeah. Guarantee so. you've operated more structured than he. I mean, now you know why your son yeah. walks on his tippy toes and skips. Yeah. Because he's well, trying yeah, to tell you, keep it light, mom and dad. Yeah. I don't do it your way. Yeah. I figured out really early on in the school year, in first grade, that he needs to play after school before homework can happen. Good for you. Or else, yeah. it, you know. The child whisperer is what helped me figure that out. I wouldn't have figured Good. that out. <laughs> no, you most likely would have come on stronger with more structure. See, you would have yeah, had this child I, needs more structure. I tried to use it as a bargaining tool at first, but it wasn't working. And then I just 
I said, okay. That's we'll like play. saying you're you're right. starving. I'll feed you if you do your homework. See what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Like, so after a couple weeks of that, I realized, okay, we need to play first and then do homework. And it's a breeze now. So yeah, good. See now this, I think you can see this switch too. I think you can see yeah, this flip. You've so. got to come from a whole different place. Right. Um. You know, when he gets a little older, you'll be able to have a little more reasoning going on. His right, secondary, you know, quite young. yeah, he's just too young for that. And and yeah. your approach is, your approach of discipline is kind of putting gas. It's like you're feeding your own more explosive for him. Right. You're right. setting him up <laughs> in a way. So. Yeah. No, I. I could see that it, it's my approach. I just didn't know how to yeah. switch gears. Well, do, you, do the opposite of what you think. Exactly. Let's all laugh about this. That's so true. <laughs> I'm taking this way too seriously. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. He's beating up his brother. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to make light of it, but I'm just, I'm, I'm, no, kind of, no. I'm saying this in extremes. <laughs> well, and we're, we honestly, he's, he's extremely tall for his age. So he has that going against him too. You kind of look at him and forget he's only seven because he looks. Yeah. That's true. When kids look older. You tend to treat them like they're older than they are. So, mm -hmm. and then his brother, because he's three years younger and average size is so much smaller. Yeah. And you know what I mean? We have, he's kind of babied a little because, and, you know, the Oliver, the seven year old, is a little. Well, always know your oldest son's primary motive in life is to have fun with other people. <laughs> so, yeah. No, it's a key motive always. It will be there his entire life that that's a value, something they value, something that motivates them. So, yeah. No, it's so true. Uh, his whole life, he would, you know, we go to a park and he doesn't even ask kids his name. They're, he's just like, Mom, did you see my friend with the brown shirt? And yeah, everyone's yeah. his friend and he just has yeah. fun, you know. So That's great. Well, thanks for calling in. Thank you very much. Let us know how it goes. I'm sure you're going to see a whole different experience now. And it'll be some trial and error. So just be patient yeah. as you approach this differently. Just like you did with the homework, there's just a, a, a process of kind of undoing right. what's been done and creating something different. So right. Okay. thanks for calling. Thank you. The phone lines are still open. Uh, another email question that came in. This came from... A type three mom with a type two son who is five years old. This morning, the following situation played out. My younger daughter and I were sick and vomiting all night. We felt weak in the morning. My husband had to leave for work early, so we asked my son's grandma to take him to the school bus. My son knows the bus. He knows his grandma, and yet he absolutely refused to let her take him to the bus. My husband, who was also a type 2, explained the situation to him and asked why he didn't want to go with grandma. My son kept repeating, I want you or mom to take me. After my husband left, it escalated. I felt awful from being sick all night, and any of my patients... Understand my patience and understanding went right out the window. I felt pushed and manipulated and got really angry with my son. 
He started kicking and screaming when his grandma tried to take him. So I ended up driving him to school myself in my pajamas, yelling all the way. I'm shocked about the level of anger this brought up in me. I really want to cherish my son's nature, nature, but I don't know what to do when he is in complete refusal mode. I know he did not want to go with his grandma, and when I asked him why, he said he doesn't like her. However, he loves spending time with her usually and gets excited about her visits. How do I meet his needs when certain situations just demand for him to get on with it? I'm working on my anger and taking in all that I can find in your resources. I'm really hoping for your insight. Well, you do need to work on, you know, as a type three mom, you're, you're using anger to try and get your child. And as you did, you used your emotion to create movement, to create movement in a child that doesn't, you know, no child should have to be moved by fear. Um, I know what it's like to grow up with a type three father where my choices when it came to how I dealt with my father or anything around my father were always based from a fear position. So I was basically scared of my type three father's anger. It was incredibly, there were, there was the potential for rage at any time. And so I personally know what that's like, even as a type three, but as a type two child, who's um, our soft and sensitive energy, this is very wounding to them. Um, and you basically got your way and then you punished him because, you know, with regret, you know, honestly, in this situation, it would have been better for him to miss a day of school and to have to play this all out, you know, because if these are your two choices and that you're, you know, you know, you're vulnerable, you know, you're going there and you don't have the patience. It's better for your child to miss a day of school than for that, for this little five-year-old to have to live through that, what you just described. And I appreciate your honesty, your willingness to be, you know, we don't know who you are, but to be public at least to write in and say, I don't like the choice I'm making. So that's step number one. You have to know it's not okay and it's not healthy. But that's not always enough. Um, you know, I lived in this when my early, this is what got me into this work in the late 80s. I was out of control and I couldn't control my anger. And I sat in a therapist's office in 1989 at a psychotherapist's office that I was seeing weekly because I knew nothing else. I didn't know what else to do. I had four children, six and under. I didn't know about my type three nature. I just knew I had this anger that would perpetuate, you know, that could get provoked with my children and I was hurting them and I was wounding them. And I to sit across from your therapist, a therapist and say, if you don't get some help in your home to create a boundary so that you're not in this over stress mode and vulnerable. It's like creating kind of a cushion. I'm going to have to put you into a um, facility, a, a, a mental health facility. Basically, I was going to get checked in because I was being that honest and I wanted help. Well, I got, I got a part. Well, she was about 30 hours a week. We hired someone to come into the home as I started to now really get serious about my own healing. And uh, to start to 
and I'm not saying it's this extreme for you. I'm telling you my story basically to say you've got to work on your anger because there's something there that needs to be looked at. I have a fabulous resource called the Carol Tuttle Healing Center that you can find at caroltuttle.com. I also recommend my book, Remembering Wholeness. These are the healing resources that I provide that will support you in your own personal healing. Because for you to have lost it to the degree that you were, in your words, yelling at your son, the whole, in your pajamas, yelling all the way, and that you were shocked about the level of anger this brought up in you. Your child, that situation does not provoke that kind of anger. That anger was an overreaction, which says to me, you're angry about things in your childhood. You're angry about things that, you know, whatever degree you were dishonored. And we tend to think when we're wounded in our childhood, we tend to think it has to look like slapping and hitting and abuse and all these things. It doesn't. It could be your parents not knowing you're a type three little girl and you weren't supported in moving in the true energy of you. Your little child self, your inner child could be really, really angry about that. And your little five-year-old, you know, is showing when he decides he's going to think and speak for himself and say, I don't want that. Most likely you didn't have that right. You didn't say that to your parents. You might have thought it. You might have felt it. Most likely you would have felt it more than you even thought or could say it. But children are coming in with a much stronger uh, throat chakra. Your energetic chakra system, they have a solar plexus, meaning their self-powerment, their sense of self. They have their chakras are coming in on a higher level of energy. They have a more pure vibration and they're speaking up. And that could have made you angry. See, when you're a kid, your parents probably said, go with your grandma, do it now. And you didn't talk, you didn't talk back. Because the cultural energy of parenting at the time was do what you say or you're going to get beat up. You're going to get spanked. You're going to get in trouble. You're going to get disciplined. And so as children, that's the old energy. The old energy that children were born into, including me, including you, was you do what your parents tell you to do and you don't talk back. Here's a little boy who had the courage to say, I don't want to go with my grandma. I don't know what was going on for him that day. Maybe that day he just, maybe he didn't feel his best. Maybe it would have been best for him to stay. Well, what if you had said, well, what do you want to do? Rather than why don't you want to go with grandma? Another question to ask is, well, what feels comfortable to you? What do you want to do? You know, I don't know, he's five years old. All he could come up with is I don't like her right now. Right now, it doesn't feel comfortable to go with my grandma. That's fair. Okay. And if you knew, if you knew you were vulnerable, I had a situation recently in the last couple of months, a work situation where something played out and I was very upset about it. And we were going to meet and talk about it. And I knew we'd work it out, but I, it, had, it had triggered some anger in me. And I personally looked at what's that about? What's that anger about? And I knew the anger and the degree of the anger I was feeling 
meant um, it's anger that had built up over the years that I needed to resolve that this situation couldn't have provoked to the degree I felt it. And so I texted my son. He said, are you coming into the office today? I said, um, I feel it's better I not come in because I know I'm vulnerable and I'll probably say or do some things to people that uh, don't need to hear it. And for my own, to have my own boundary, I'm going to stay away. And and he, was, he said, mom, I'm really, thank you. Thank you for managing that. I know we'll work this out. And we did but I knew where I was. I knew that if I went in, I knew I was setting myself up that I didn't have. So when it comes to your own anger and you know, you're ready to blow, you should have never gotten in the car with that little boy. You just just said, you know, okay, I'm really angry. It's not about you. It's not about you. I'm just feeling a lot of anger. I love you. I love you. Little five-year-old son. Um, it's okay, you know, would, would you prefer to stay home, you know? Well, big deal. He'd missed a day of school. He's five years old. <laughs> Will not affect his life career or anything. And we tend to think, too, if a children gets their say, they're going to somehow now abuse that. They're going to now go too far. He's going to start working this. He's going to want to stay home from school all the time. You know, I just, again, I think children are born with goodwill and good intent, and who we are, who God created us to be, is to be very successful human beings, and to pursue our passions, and and to make life successful for us, and not to abuse and take advantage of things. And so I'm going to teach a little technique for parents when the anger is about to get you, and get your children, and take over, because when you're flooded with anger, when you're flooded, you will not have the ability to then um, make, you, you'll go there just like you did in the car because you were flooded. And I just learned this. I'm reading Donna Eden's new book, The Energies of Love. And so I'm going to credit her from in this book. She and her husband just released this. And there's a technique they teach called notice breath, soften belly, open heart. It's three steps. And as you're breathing in and out, the first one is you, you start to notice your breathing as you take some in and deep inhales and outhales, inhales and exhales. <laughs> and the second is soften belly. And as you notice to soften your belly, your body relaxes. As you then notice, open your heart, your heart center, your, your heart chakra, the center of your chest, you open that. And then you put yourself in a situation where you don't set your children, yourself and your children up. And that will shift. And it might need, take some more time to shift. But when you're being flooded by anger, you do not make healthy decisions as a parent. And children are um, in the, they're the fallout. You know, you leave some wounded children on the path. I've got some more callers. Um, let me take my next caller. I'm thinking, let's see. We're just a few minutes till the, I'm about 10, eight and a half minutes till the show officially goes off the air. We'll see how many callers I may keep um, recording if we've got callers still on the line. So hang in there. And I may uh, 
keep even if I go off at the designated 45 minute time I make just for the sake I've got so many callers today I want to support you um, so I'll see how that plays out I want to mention the two blogs the Carol blog this week has how to find your heart true north how to find your heart's true north this year and my blog manager and content director Jenny Collins I've invited her to be a monthly contributor on the Carol blog this is her first post it's lovely I love it I actually put it to practice what she teaches in the blog post I highly recommend you visit the carolblog.com and read how to find your heart's true north this year. And then a fun blog that's posted on the Child Whisper blog. It's the top posts of 2014 looking ahead to 2015. So the year in review that we've just ended and how to look what we're looking forward to in 2015. Remember to like us on Facebook, the Child Whisperer, Facebook.com, the Child Whisperer, and please like the podcast and keep sharing the Child Whisper book. Give it as a gift, share it with your friends. Um, it's a fabulous book and we're gonna keep helping every child that's in a family system the more we share this book. My next caller, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Hi, Carol, how are you? I'm good. So what's your question today? Well, my question is, I, I'm kind of at a loss at how to handle uh, the current events going on between my uh, almost 11-year-old daughter and myself. Um, her father and I are divorced and have been for quite some time. She went to visit him during her school break over the summer, and while she was there, her and he decided that, um, in her words verbatim, were, uh, you've had your chance to raise me, now it's my dad's turn. My dad's turn. No. <laughs> yeah, well, so you know. I was like, well, okay. Then. Yeah, what's her type? What's her type? Yeah, I really don't know because she's got the smile like a type one, and she's got the heart-shaped face, but she's got the eyes and eyebrows like a two. She's not. I have no idea. I'm. I'm just. I have no idea. <laughs> have you read? Have you read the Child Whisperer? I have read the Child Whisperer, and I've read both. Uh, determining your, your true nature and dressing your truth. I, I myself have been in a three-year struggle of determining my type, so I I don't know. Okay. Three years of determining your type. Now, that's some, yeah. that's something that you don't want to see. No, I... That, I've, uh, that, no, 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 listen to me. That's avoiding okay, yourself. It is. Yes, you're right. No, you're, you're right. You're very right. You're avoiding something. There's and I'm not really sure what it is. Yeah, well, there's an emotional, um, there's something emotionally connected that's got some kind of a shame factor that you're going to have to deal with and you don't want to go there. So, okay, your daughter's calling you up. When you've been in three years of this information and you still aren't showing up for yourself, your mm -hmm. daughter's a messenger for you right now. Okay. She's basically saying, Mom, how can you show up for me? You can't even show up for yourself. I'm in a little, uh, I'm being actually quite, yeah. <laughs> I will be honest, I'm being really direct with you because it's true. <laughs> you cannot personally develop when you're in um, a seeker like this, but you circle it. 
your daughter on some level knows, mom, I want somebody that can model self-empowerment for me. And for, you know, you're, you're not, and she's not gonna, again, you just heard me talk about children are different. Children are coming in with a higher commitment to be themselves. And they're calling their parents out on it by either being incredibly difficult or once they get a voice and the verbiage to say it by saying things to their parents. The parents don't want to hear, you know, it's like, wait, no, you know. So see, this is this is making you look at some things. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's hurtful, it's painful. Yeah. Because you just kind of want to keep things going, status quo. And she's going, no, we've got to, it's God's asking us to live at a higher degree of integrity here of our truth. So your daughter's words, she is a messenger for you. And it's painful at first. It's incredibly hurtful because now you feel like you've let her down. You're first letting yourself down. What do you need to do to show up for yourself so you can show up for your daughter? And she can say, wow, I love both my parents. You know, hopefully divorce situations, children can be, um, admire both their parents. You know, hopefully parents are working on themselves that they can say, it's by the fact that you're not together. Thank you both for caring enough about me that you're showing up for me. And so rather than feel guilty, uh, a really good place, you're in a really fabulous place to be able to ask God, you know, whatever process you engage in to prayerfully pursue this to say, what, um, you know, what are you trying, you know, what, what do I need to choose differently? I just said this in my own prayer this morning. I said, God, if there's anything I'm doing that's hurting myself or not my highest good, help me to notice and help me to stop. If there's anything that I'm not choosing that would be beneficial for me and bless my life, help me to know and help me to choose it. Okay. And I believe you will could know who you are. I mean, are you kidding me? I got boatloads of information on how to type yourself. I know. I've. I know. I, I know you do. I've. I've. <laughs> I know you do. No, if you keep if you keep saying I can't figure this out, that you get to stay in the place of no woman, no woman. Second, I want to know, and I'm going to accept it. Yeah, I put it on a silver the, platter, God. Put it in a yeah. silver platter. <laughs> I wrote that down. I got that from your healing thing, and I've been saying it every day. Okay. Well, now, now I'm sure it's showing up. It's your willingness to see it. So it's now opened my eyes to see it. So I, okay. you know, it's being shown to you. Second. I'd work on that before you can work on anything with your daughter about really, you know, working on yourself and really showing up for yourself so you can show your daughter, the strength of a woman. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for letting me be kind of hard on you. And, and yeah, you're on a, you're at a, you're on the threshold of things getting better in your life. Or are you moping around thinking you're worthless? Okay. Okay. Go for the first choice. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. 
We're going to go off the air, but I'm going to stay on and take, so we'll re keep recording. The callers will be able to hear me, so stay on. And I've got one more caller I want to bring in. Oh, no, two more. So thank you for tuning in today. I've got Jessica here. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Carol. How are you? I, I'll, I'm you're tight. Good, thanks. How are you? Four. <laughs> I'm good. So you lost a baby this year? Yes. I'm sorry. That That's a real painful experience. Thank you. Did you have the baby or tell me a little more about that? Um, uh, sort of. I... Uh, we knew that there was a problem, and uh, I lost it about five months. Into the pregnancy? Yes. Yeah, so you miscarried. That's pretty far along. Yes. Was it the first pregnancy? It was actually my second. Okay. Um, I had miscarried right before and then got pregnant again right away after. Um, okay. And you have one child, or you've had two miscarriages? I've had two miscarriages. Oh, I'm sorry. I know that just <laughs> builds a level of fear then as you move forward with this experience of having to face every time that you deal with pregnancy. So, you know, I'm, I'd encourage you to get into a support group or something. I know there's a lot of opportunities with um my daughter-in-law and son-in-law have dealt with infertility in their eight years of marriage. And I know Sarah has attended a support group with people that deal with these challenges. But um, I think that would really give you a safe place to talk about it in a way so you don't have to. So you can kind of go, this is where I'm dealing with this with other women. And you need to, to it's a loss. It's a death. It's, it's a grieving process. And you have to then have enough hope restored and hear other people's successes in a way too. And that, wow, there's a lot of variables in this world. Right. So I'd encourage you to find a place to support, you know, there's, um, I know those things exist. Are you, where do you live? Um, I live in Iowa. Um, yeah, the funny thing, one of the reasons I wanted to call actually is, I recently opened a business and I am renting an office in a mall where it used to be a pregnancy center. Oh, <laughs> how so, perfect. Yeah. And I didn't know that that's what it was until um, after I signed the lease. And I, I actually feel pretty confident that when the time is right, it's, it's going to happen. But I've had some issues with my mother um, because of the pregnancies. And I, I guess I'm not really sure how to even phrase my question. Um, I kind of feel like she was threatened by my pregnancy because our relationship was very, very good before I became pregnant. And then since then, it's it's fallen into a black hole, it feels like. Huh. you talked to her about it? Um, I've tried. Have you ever expressed she, this to her, what you just said to me? Have you ever said yes. this to her? What does I, she do? I have. She, um, well, she's a type two. 
Um, so being that blunt with her is doesn't go over very well. Um, and her her dad actually passed away about a year ago, and she defaults to that. Like, I can't have this conversation with you right now because my dad died and I can't handle myself. It's her reaction. Uh, well, it sounds like she's... Um got a lot of emotional stuff she's processing and so I'd encourage you to continue to be true to yourself tell her you're there for her if you can support her but don't become her mother don't reverse the energies here don't don't take on the parent energy and she's now the child and you're likely to do that because you're a type four and you're going to now um you got to take care of yourself and you've got to allow a space for your mom to show up in kind of on a friend level and as your mother, but don't now take on her stuff and see how you've got to help her because you're on that's double duty. What if I realized she, we kind of have had that relationship for many years and I didn't know that. Yeah, that's possible too. And you've been catering, you've been catering to what her emotional dysfunction is, you know? to allow for it. Now that you need to be um, more there for yourself, you can't play that out. It's like, I can't keep making up the difference where my mom can't show up. See, and that's the thing. If a parent can't show up and be, children tend to make up that, try and make up that difference constantly, you know, to say, well, I've got to now enable my parent so that they can be hopefully a better parent. <laughs> They never right. are. That's exactly what they happened. Won. Yeah. So your situation has shown you your vulnerability and that you don't have that emotion. You just don't have the reserve to do it. And, it, and by, by trying to, you hurt yourself. You emotionally aren't there to support yourself. And your emotional well-being will support a health. You know, again, you want to get emotionally well so your body is strong to be able to carry a baby. Have they said why you're miscarrying? Is there, are they just like the odds? You know, it's just, is um, there anything well, you to look at? Time, the second time I did have my gynecologist look at it and she said it was a very rare, very unusual anomaly. I also only have one ovary. So the fact that I was able to get pregnant again right away, my doctor was impressed. She wanted yeah. to know what I did. Um, yeah. So they, uh, they're pretty sure that it was just a weird freak thing. And that I should be able to move forward and, and have normal pregnancies when I'm ready. Okay. So that's good. That's a good sign. But emotionally will be, you know, if you're not emotionally, emotional well-being and state of being is really uh, inter intimately connected with your physical capacity to perform. Yeah. I can. So whatever, again, if you're choosing some boundaries, again, if a parent, yeah, I love. I learned this years and years and years ago. John Bradshaw. I was a real big fan of John Bradshaw in the late '80s when I started my healing work. And he taught. He wrote the book "Healing the Shame That Binds Us." I'd go to his seminars, and I just he he was the first one to teach me about my inner child, you know, and and that that was mm -hmm. the part of me that needed to be healed. And he used this beautiful metaphor where we grew up in this family system of energy and experience that. Um, teaches us we can't be ourselves. We have to now play roles and, and accommodate kind of the emotional dysfunction of our parents. And he said, imagine your family system that you're all encased with a rubber band. 
And so you decide you're going to step outside that rubber band and find yourself and heal your life and be true to yourself first. And so what that looks like is, well, actually, you haven't left the rubber band. You start to move away to get perspective. You're, the rubber band's still around you, but you start to move away and get perspective and start to see it a little more objectively and what's correct for you and what you choose to uh, maintain a healthy life. And you realize you can't live inside that rubber band anymore. So now let's say you're <laughs> 10 feet away from the group and you decide mm -hmm. to take the rubber band off <laughs> and you're still standing awake. She can't go back in it. And you decide mm -hmm. to let the rubber band go <laughs> and it snaps. Oh, no. And everybody <laughs> else in the rubber band's going, whoa, what did you just do? You just hurt us. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, I just chose to leave the, the, the family pattern because the emotional family pattern isn't healthy. <laughs> right. So I use that, you know, to me, I love that metaphor because they're all going, looking at you going, you just hurt us because that rubber band snapped back, but it's what they're choosing to live contained in that causes the pain. Right. Not, oh, and you just chose to let it go. And they're still choosing to be a player in it, you know. Mm -hmm. And then as you get healthier, you do affect shifts in your family to show up differently. You know, there might be a period of awkwardness because you're you're doing a different dance. Yeah. Yeah. And there. <laughs> oh, so hang in there. It sounds like you got I'm a great perspective. I think all I did for you today was just give you more support and validation and say, I think you're spot on with yourself. Well, that was what I needed done. Thank you so much for yeah. your support. You're welcome. Thanks for calling in. Mm -hmm. Bye. I thank everyone. I'm going to, uh, my producers on this list think we're going to do part two of the anger story. There are a lot of questions we didn't get to. We had more callers. I'm going to invite you to call in again next week. Uh, thank you so much for your active participation today. I'm very excited about this year and the opportunities that are available to all of us in our parenting roles. Um, I love that our children are coming in with such integrity and with such they're truth bearers. They they they're willing to live with fullness and honesty to who they are to the point that it really pushes our buttons and it and that's a good thing and that we get to look at ourselves as parents. The good news is good news is you're in a good place to be a part of to make healthy changes, to listen to the podcast, to read the Child Whisper book, to pay uh, uh, in the Facebook communities because along with the facebook page at facebook.com forward slash the child whisperer we have private facebook groups if you're a parent of any of the four types of children and you've read the book you can participate in those groups and support parenting with like-minded people so thank you again for tuning in today i look forward to talking to you again next week have a fabulous week make it a great one you are a creator uh, wake up each day with a prayer that to, you'll create good things that day. You can have an amazing experience with your family. Talk to you soon. As a teacher, healer, speaker, 
best-selling author of The Child Whisperer and mother of five children, Carol Tuttle is honored to help you take the power struggle out of parenting and better understand the children in your life. If you'd like Carol to answer your question, call in next time or email your question to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Carol invites you to learn more about the four types of children at thechildwhisperer.com and connect with her at thecarolblog.com. If you haven't read The Child Whisperer yet, get your copy through the Child Whisperer website and enjoy happier, more successful, more cooperative children.